Welcome to Legends of Grayskull, the Masters of the Universe podcast that dives deep into the lore of Eternia, Etheria, and more. Join your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavarna, as they discuss the most powerful stories the universe has to offer. News, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Grayskull. Welcome to episode 58 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK, comics, mini-comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Dooch, here again with Sean Scavarna. Uh, we've also got a special guest host today. Uh, you love him, you hate him. Uh, he is the founder of Ideas of Mars, creator of wonderful properties such as Disciple 6, Defenders of Eden, Eden Project File Providence, uh, Modern Wonders coming soon, so much more. Uh, good guy, Masters of the Universe, buff, talented artist, writer extraordinaire, the unofficial third wheel of podcasters of the... Un- of the universe, the unofficial mm-hmm. sixth wheel of my wife is going to kill me, and the official <laughs> fifth wheel of Legends of Grayskull. He's pretty good, even for a used car salesman. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Rodriguez. How you doing today, Matt? I am doing well. Um, and every single time somebody says the fifth, sixth, or fourth, or ninth wheel... Yeah. Um, everyone, everyone knows what wheel that is on the cart. <laughs> everyone knows what we. <laughs> yes. Well, in a good way, though. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more personality when the when you're pushing the cart. Exactly. And Sean, how are you doing today? I was going to say I'd be the wobbly wheel on here sometimes because he's correcting me more often than not. But anyway. Uh, I'm good. I'm here. I'm caffeinated. And I'm ready to talk. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So, Matt, everybody yes, wants sir. to know how does it how does it feel being married to a ginormous YouTube star? <laughs> you know what? Not a day goes by uh, where I don't hear a random phrase of <laughs> somebody has devoted their love to my wife. Wow. Um, you know, it sort of, it sort of started out as, as a joke, to be honest, um, having my wife, uh, review toys and go toy hunting because she has always done that for me. She's done that for me for the past 10 years. Um, but, but because she already does that, she's like, you know what? It's fun. I'm getting into it more. My knowledge is growing a little bit. And so I'm going to just do this. And I think that, um, her, she, she's a very shy person. Um, and she doesn't like, you know, being on camera. So this for her is like her opening up and just kind of being more comfortable. So I'm like, babe, you go do this. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, we go to celebrate 500 followers and the next day she's at 600 and, and she's freaking out, but it's, it's, (laughs) it's all fun. And, um, she, uh, She's grown to love masters. I'm not sure as much as myself, um, 
so she's she's having a blast with it so it's it's pretty cool watching it happen now uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, his wife does Rachel's toy review. Go check it out. I'll drop a link down below. Um, and I will say, none of that comes across on camera for me. But I, I would have never guessed that she was not comfortable or shy or anything. I mean, she she does a great job on there. Um, so you you she, she, sorry. No, you're you're fine. Yeah, she um she is very you know, behind the scenes, she, she, it's just not, you know, in her personality to be, you know, as forward as I am. So, uh, she started doing holy yoga, uh, teaching yoga this past couple of years and, and she's kind of slowly unfolded. And so it's, like I said, it's, it's pretty cool and she's having fun. So you, you guys will probably have to have her on your show at some point. Well, that's, so. that's why we invited you. We're trying, we're trying to get in. You know, we gotta talk, yeah. talk us up to right. her. Don't don't let us don't let us freak her out or, or scare right. her. Let her know, you know, hey, we're all right. Now, we talk shop. Yeah. Now you you started creating yourself. How many years ago? When did you found ideas for Mars? Um, I'd say five years ago is kind of the official where we launched. Um, just having it be a business as an LLC. Right. Um the local comic con that uh we started five years ago me and my buddy um called tulip city comics and toy fair um we felt i felt like there was enough stuff that i was doing that i should kind of make an umbrella um company to kind of uh have everything under so that was i'd say officially about five years ago though i can show you um you know stuff up you know since i was a kid but so so you've been working your whole life towards this and she just jumps on YouTube with a camera, and already she surpassed you. How, how does that make you feel? You know, honestly, I I can see why, but um, my, the one one in our family that struggles with it the most is my son Levi, who you know does gaming, and he you know wants to have a streaming channel, and oh, yeah. you know he's like, I got three, I got three people watching me right now, and I'm like, dude the computer in the living room is watching you. Like he sets yeah. up the other computer in the house to watch him. So his streaming number goes up. <laughs> and so <laughs> for, for him to listen to my wife walk through the house and be like 300, 400, 500. <laughs> and he's just like, not cool. Uh-huh. Not cool. Uh-huh. So we, we hear you Levi because we just got done <laughs> celebrating 200 subscribers in a year, yeah. So, but it's a it's it's a whole different thing, you know, what your wife's doing with the, with the uh, the quick videos, the reviews, all of that. That is a whole different kettle of fish, you know, compared to. Oh, sure. Well, and 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 to be honest, she, uh, like I told you, she's she's got like a, I think there's an entire country in South America <laughs> that is to my wife's videos, yeah. where they go. <laughs> They just leave a comment that says, hello. Like, <laughs> they want to talk to her. Right. And I, I don't blame them. I once wanted to talk to her, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. Good deal. Good deal. So, uh, enough ribbing on Matt. Uh, Sean, you pick up anything this week? Anything newsworthy? Uh, newsworthy? Let's see. Well, we we uh, it turned out that we really underestimated on Twitter heads uh, Skeletor 
God, that was uh, the the uh, bust. Yeah, that life that size. Was, that was funny to me. <laughs> oh my god, that was great! A thousand dollars plus shipping. Thousand dollars. <laughs> And then they said, uh, what was it? Like, you get $75 off if you, if you pay it off early or something? If you pay in full or, up or front, yeah. Paying full up front, you get 75 off, and it's like, wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But it was, it, it, what was kind of cool, and uh, I know um, uh, Matt has talked about this on the podcasters, uh, Tweeterhead has given us what their take on Skeletor mm-hmm. without his uh, hood is. So it is a neck connecting to a skull face. And uh, that was kind of fun to see just from the creativity standpoint because 2000X did it where it was a floating head. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, their version is that. So Um, other than that, um, I I don't know. This week for Masters has (laughs) – last week was crazier – or the week before was crazier. This week has been a little quieter. And uh, so Matt Rodriguez – so what, real quick here, we spieled on for probably over an hour last time. Um, what do you think about the two new designs? Or, I guess, the revelation, the update design, and the new design? You, you know, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited for, for uh, Masters. I'm excited for two new cartoons. Um, you know, I've always been a huge fan, talking about uh, starting with Revelation, I've always been a huge fan of the H with the mm-hmm. M in it logo that was more of the battle armor. Um, and obviously a lot of figures after that. Um, and so to see them go, it seems like that they're just kind of replacing the iron cross with that. Um, that's something that now if you obviously stop and think about it, it's something that we sort of expected because if 2000 X did it, right. you know, almost 18 years ago, um, mm-hmm. why wouldn't, would they continue kind of down that path of hey that's the old look we're not going to continue with that on anything new um so i was very happy that that's what they decided to go with and land on because again that that emblem is um it's very iconic it's very iconic to he-man specifically yes whereas in i know the toy community and um and cartoon community if you were to wear an iron cross emblem (laughs) Uh, at a Comic Con, you'd be like, "Oh, He Man." Yes. But if you'd if you'd wear it at the bar, they're like, "Oh, that's that uh, Harley biker MMA fighter logo," and you know, there there's other things that have used that Iron Cross logo. Um, so it's not specific to He Man and um, o- overall. So um, I'm completely fine with that. Um, it was a choice that was made. Um, I absolutely love that it seems like most of the designs are rooted in filmation. So yeah. where Kevin Smith talks about how it's continuation. Um, so that's very good. I wouldn't have liked it if they would have went cr- too crazy with it. Um, just because hey, if you're saying this is a continuation, yeah. um, I want to see, I want, you know, I want that kid side of me to see the designs and be like, boom, this is who it is. Um, everything to kind of reflect in that. Um, so yeah, I'm super super excited. Obviously, the fan, uh, or sorry, the cast, the voice cast is is phenomenal. So as they're teasing a little bit more and more, um, I've been really excited to to see where it goes. Um, obviously, in the age of the internet we live in, there's going to be backlash. Always, um, there's going to be people chirping, which is completely fine. 
um, and everyone is is entitled to their opinions. But I'm just I'm just excited to to see uh, what that brings us. Um, and then you jump over from Revelation well, to a, re- uh, real quick. What about Evelyn? Yeah, Evelyn. It looks like um, she grew her hair out, <laughs> which yeah. is obviously a continuation. Which um, that might you know. I don't know who's behind all of the designs and stuff like that, but it, it might go to show you, Hey, we are showing you how far in time, because I know that if you, uh, watch Endgame and, um, infinity war, um, you can actually, my wife loves this fact because she's a hairdresser. You can see time period stuff with what, um, uh, what's her name? Drawn a blank, uh, black, uh, black widow. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And so that they actually have her, like, her roots grow out in it. Like, that's just a little notice that my wife is like, you can totally tell that they did that realistically. Like, she grew out her hair, and her natural was coming in, da-da-da-da-da. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, with Evil Lynn, you could see, like, is this, like, a year and a half, two years later? Because mm-hmm. on her own, doing her own thing, um, I'm interested. Um, you know, obviously, I, I get some of the noise with the... You know, it looks like uh, Flora and Avatar and that type yes, of stuff. Does. But, you know, <laughs> that, then again, uh, you know, what doesn't if you were to really, if we were to really just dissect the designs of certain mythos and certain cultures, like you're going to obviously have overlap. So there's only only so many ways you can have a, a hooded shawl and, uh, you know, a tunic, you know, and that type of stuff. So. Um, I'm yeah. not too concerned with that. Yeah, I hear you. I would have liked something a little more reminiscent of the original design. Like you said, though, I'm intrigued. I threw out there, maybe maybe this is disguised Evelyn. You know, maybe it's supposed not, you know. It could be disguised Evelyn. It could be, hey, yeah. we might jump in. She might be done with done with uh, uh, Skeletor at this point. She might be moving on. Like, she might, they mm-hmm. might taste of her. This is her two years later. She's moved herself from that, and she hasn't worn that crown in, you know, yeah. X amount of years. And who knows? She might go back to that, which which could be cool. Yeah. You know, I, you know I like that idea. I hadn't thought of that one either. That's that's a good speculation. God, I am I am excited. Um, so the, the kitty one, the CGI, what do you see there? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the CGI, there's there's hints of 2000X with the exact features. Um, you know, I myself, there were elements of 2000X that I wasn't a, a huge fan of, but it, it was, again, what it was. You know, Fisto's Fist was, you know, super big. Right. And, you know, these things, are, even, even um, uh, Man-at-Arms, you know, armor is just huge. Um, but that was the style. Um, I'm... I'm excited to to see what they give us. The it looks cool. I again, I'm trying my best to look at it through the eyes of what they're aiming for. So if I'm if I'm you know eight year old, ten year old, six year old Matt, and I'm sitting there watching, I see that scene of you know Battle Cat and um, um, He Man, that little image of them. I'm excited. I I just am. Um, the logo looks like it's almost. Um, I know that Yuka has his uh, Eternity Effects files where it's kind of that Greystall emblem. I'm I'm trying to decipher if it's a mix of the Greystall emblem with the with the handle of the sword, but it looks like they're going with more of um, you know that logo on He-Man's armor. Um, yeah. The 
got the big, it almost doesn't even look like they're his claws specifically, but I mean, on the armor, the claws, um, yeah, it's just, it's pumped up, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. I'm more excited to see now that we've seen this, the elements and designs of the other characters too, because they are redesigns, but they don't stray far enough for me not to know who it is. And maybe exactly. it's because he's sitting on Battle Cat, um, but, and we know that it's He-Man. Um, but I, I, it looks like a fun world to play in. It looks like they're saying, hey, if this was made today, what would it look like? Yep. Um, it seems like that's the angle that they're playing. So I'm, I'm excited to see, are we going to get, you know, a, a really skinny, you know, other end of the extreme Skeletor, you know, um, are we going to get man at arms with, you know, a little bit different coloring on his armor? Um, it's, it's, it's exciting. Right. But again, like I said, it's going to be a, a fan of, of He-Man because uh, we are like living in the eye of the hurricane yes. because mm-hmm. there's, so many toy lines. I mean, even if you include mega constructs and and all of this other stuff that's coming out, it's. I mean, I I couldn't be more excited. It is. So. It's, it's a great time. Go ahead, Shawnee. Real real quick, something that I didn't think of for the last episode, I wanted to throw in here today. Um, one of the things that they kept saying, I've heard it all across the board um, on podcasts and news and all that stuff is for masters how do you break the fact that nowadays kids are so involved in technology and looking at the new version that they have we said last episode it felt more tech inspired than it does like fantasy sword and sorcery and that i think is going to be a huge key in making the he-man and the masters of the universe relevant to kids because kids now with their iPads, video games, all sorts of tech they have. And on top of that, you know, my, my daughter's homeschooling, so she's on her computer how many hours. And uh, I think we said it last episode, but, you know, in the Thor movie, they said, you know, well, it, 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 magic is te- it, science and technology that you haven't unlocked yet, yeah. you know, or, or figured out how the means to. And I think that's going to play a really big part in the new show. And I think that could be a really good way of handling that. So a new generation has that palatable to them compared to we grew up in the era where we had, you know, like Black Star cartoons, Tarzan cartoons, uh, the, you know, Fire and Ice, uh, the uh, what was it, Ralph Bakshi, uh, the movie and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, we were in that era of Conan was a big deal. But that isn't a thing nowadays, so play up the tech aspect. Play up the magic being associated to that and, you know, the ancient magic, well, the technology like we talked about. And Masters so. has always been that. It has always been the bridge. You go back, everyone goes, well, they need to go back to the first four mini comics. That was all about technology. Grayskull was full of technology. If anything, as the yes. property evolved, Grayskull became more mythic and mystic. And lost, you know, the computer and, you know, the spacesuit and everything. So, sure. I mean, it's always kind of been that world. So, yeah, you can definitely lean further into one side or the other. And I yep. think, you know, and I've heard that too. Well, how do, how do you get kids away from their, their iPads or games, whatever? You don't. You embrace it. You utilize it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
If this cartoon launches and there's not a mobile game or uh, a console game or something out there, you know, pretty quick, you know, I'm going to say Mattel missed the boat again. I already felt back in 2000 reboot that they missed the boat because they didn't, you know, the PlayStation game never came out. We just had the one Game Boy Advance game. It's like, you can't, you can't do this like it's the 80s still. There's got to be this multimedia push you know to get yeah. to get this stuff into kids hands i mean that's just how it is everything has a game nowadays there, there's certain there's certain elements of living in the past that work for certain demographics um obviously i don't know if you guys have seen it but somebody recently uh put like a three-minute movie of of a conan um like their own like conan animated movie yeah it's uh, yeah. just like where he's fighting a couple guys mm-hmm. and uh, it's very old school in the sense that it looks like it was filmed physically and then they outlined it like black cauldron like style like this oh, yeah. uh, the lord of the mm-hmm. ring um animated movie um and and sometimes it works to to live in the past when your mm-hmm. demographic wants you there right. um but this specific show isn't obviously for that so um you know, they're going to embrace, like you said, embrace the technology. And, and if we see, you know, more, you know, iPad usage and stuff like that by man at arms and, and Roboto and things like that, um, you know, why not? Because for me, the, re- the thing that separated and you touched on it was the, 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 the bridge was I love Conan. I love, uh, um, Beastmaster. I love all that old stuff. Um, but there's a heart, element of uh sci-fi you know in star trek and and things like that that i just absolutely adore and so for masters to kind of bridge that gap where you're living in this barbaric world but there's this ancient magic which it was technology um it adds it and and that's why for me you know some people say hey you know conan's the original he's the best blah 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 i i respectfully disagree um masters (laughs) Masters and He-Man um, added the element of sci-fi and um, uh, Flash Gordon that I think that just really knocks it out of the park overall and just makes it so much more colorful and wonderful and 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 kind of fantastic in that sense. So agreed, absolutely agreed. Um, yeah, I I'm, I'm excited. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm more excited about the the CGI than I am about Revelation, um, and just because I feel the CGI is going to have more potential, being able to start with a clean slate, being able to do some redesigns, you know, get some new and exciting stories in there. I mean, I'll watch them both, I'll love them both, hopefully, but I I like the potential of the CGI. I I think it could be the new 2012 Ninja Turtles, which, you know, we talked about a bit before we recorded, but. It comes back to that. I did not watch that show for the longest time because the art threw me off. Well, CGI. It was CGI, too. It threw me off. I said, those weren't my turtles. They don't look like them. They don't feel like them. My son got into it on his own, and I started watching it, and uh, by God, that was a great update for it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So uh, That's what I'm hoping for the CGI. I'm hoping it's just as... so sorry, it, it, right in line with that. You know the the main thing for me is that when you're a fan of a property, 
I think that you owe it to the property and the creators to not only not only try to embrace, look at what they make and accept it for what it is. And so, for instance, I know that X-Men First Class is not the original telling of Magneto and Professor X, and that's how, uh, and how Professor X became wheelchair-bound. But I remember in the theater watching that movie, and I have to admit to myself, that's the best version that there is. The deflection of the bullet, and now he's wheelchair-bound, and it was this freak accident, and I love it. So for me, that's that takes place of that. So um, most recent example off the top of my head I can think of is in the new She-Ra Princess of Power um, cartoon for Netflix, I absolutely love the character in Trapta. I love what they did with her. I love the personality. I love the angle that they used. And so for me, I want to draw from the things that you like in all of these random properties and all these random characters and canons. And you're allowed to cherry pick and like, you're allowed to like certain aspects of things and, and not like certain aspects of other things. And so like you said, with the new CGI cartoon, I'm looking forward to that because if there's a redesign that I absolutely love or a personality that I absolutely love that they do that hasn't been done before as a fan, I owe it to be like, yeah, I, I prefer that. I, I prefer that Stratos over, uh, British sounding Stratos (laughs) or whatever maybe, you know, I, 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 I should do that. This is refreshing, considering yeah. because I mean, uh, leading up la- leading up to last episode, I was exhausted hearing about the opinions of people and how it's not my masters yeah. and all that stuff. It, what I had when I was a child is it, and and I I'm right there in the same boat with you, Matt. Where I'm like, I I usually if uh, something is rebooted, there's usually something in those reboots to make me go, but they figured out a way to do this in a in a way that is more compelling for me yes. as a fan. Like the, the 2012 Ninja Turtles, for instance, I mean, that to me, it, it, like uh, you said it before we recorded, but it is a, it's a perfect case in point of if you want to get the old fans interested, the storylines there, if you want to get new fans interested, there is a lot more craziness that they didn't even touch on the original series. And they're mixing in stuff from the old comic books, even and everything. And, and uh, they didn't shy away from some of the harsher aspects. I mean, with what happened with Splinter, yeah. they actually went there. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm somebody, too, where I just, like, I, I want more storytelling. Just show me something new. Give me something, because yeah. there's only so many times I can go back to Filmation or 2000X, and then eventually I'm like, I need something different because all I'm watching is the same stuff and, all the time. And case in point, you brought up X-Men First Class. Love that movie. Um, I personally never knew specifically how Xavier wound up in the wheelchair or how that all went down. You know, other than, you know, they used to be friends or not, you know, because I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't follow the comics that closely. And, but like you said, that, that scene was so great. I loved it. It hooked me in. It made me sit through, uh, what was that, that Apocalypse and uh, <laughs> Dark Phoenix, just because Dark that was Phoenix. such a good movie. So right, it, t- it took me, who's not necessarily an X-Men fan, and it hooked me in 
got me invested. Um, meanwhile, it still pleased you, who is a lifelong X-Men fan, you know, so that, and that's, that's what I'm hoping for right there, that let's mm-hmm. grab some new people who might not have been into it or might not be into it currently, but let's also try to, to at least, you know, entertain the old, the lifelong fans. And that, that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to for me. <laughs> yeah. And if, if they follow, if they follow the blueprint of, 2012 turtles i think we have a really good chance at seeing some really fun um you know wink at the old fans give the new fans something fun um you know again whether it's crossover with uh voice actors i, I remember specifically and like that's, that's that genera- generationally you can do is when in 2000x mondo gecko comes on and i'm talking to my daughter and i'm like that's mikey's voice from the original like this is cool, yeah. like to mm-hmm. us old people, but it necessarily doesn't really mean anything to them. Um, yeah, I, I again, I hope they follow that blueprint because if they do, I think that we're in for something special. Absolutely. Yeah, even uh, on that one, Rob Paulson got to play Donatello, and he was Raphael originally, and, and to this day, if I hear the old cartoon, I'm like, no, that's Donatello now. <laughs> you know, like it worked perfectly for Donatello. But it also worked in the '80s for Raph. It's amazing. Like that guy is—he's so multifaceted, like that. So. Yeah, it worked the opposite way for, or worked that way for me too with uh, Cam Clark. Now, if I go back and watch yeah. the original Turtle series, I'm like, oh, that's Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, real quick here, I should I should have said this at the top of the show, but in case you guys are wondering why we didn't go through Matt's origin story like we do for most of our guests. Uh, it's because we did that already. You have obviously not a very good fan. Uh, check out Legends of Grayskull episode 36. Um, that's where we originally had uh, Matt Rodriguez on, and that's where we did his origin story. So, uh, Also a very good episode. We talked about Orko's Garden, and uh, we remastered uh, Of Machines and Men. And Matt, what yeah. else? Another feather in your cap. Sorry, what was that? No, I was saying a little Moss Man love. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and another feather in your cap. You know, you can put it right on your business card after Defenders of Eden. Probably between Defenders of Eden and Tulip City. Um, you are still one of our top ten episodes. Uh, episode 36 was for most views, so. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And that was... That was uh, Back in August, so you're hanging in there, and with there you go. with a little bump here, you might stay in there if enough people go back. So, um, nice. the only thing I got real quick here, I just want to show them off, is uh, I got the the Pop Masters of the Universe Mantena. Um, I don't really collect a lot of the pops, but there are some of them that just really speak to me, and this one did. I saw them at Walmart yesterday. And I just, I couldn't resist. He is just so classic toy-esque. This is one I had a ball playing with as a kid. Um, And they just, they did a really good job on him. The colors are perfect. Um, I think a lot of the pops look weird, but there are certain ones that that really work as pop form, and he's one of them. I might, uh, him and Cobra Khan, I might have to pick up a Cobra Khan if I see one. But yeah, he'll sit on my desk at work. That's what I got all my pops at work. So that's how the, that's you know, I think it was started with uh, well, not started with, but 
the way to, to wrap in the, the family and, and the wives was, uh, hey, let's make the cute, let's make the cute baby Yoda. And that's how they got them into the Mandalorian. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, I tell you what, if you take anything I like and you make it super cute, my wife is like, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. I don't need, I don't need the buff action figure one. I need the cute one with the eyes and the smile. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's how, you know, and that's how, that's my wife got into Star Wars with Mandalorian. Uh, she's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how they're looping everybody in now. People who, who have just steadfastly stayed out of some of these properties and they're just jumping in full force. It's, it's good. It's a good time to be a nerd. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of today. Yes, guys, this is just all the preamble here. Um, Remastering their universe. All right, it's time for remastering their universe. Uh, Matt, you're the one who put all this little nugget of an idea into our head, so why don't you uh, explain to the audience what we're doing today? Okay, audience. This is something that I uh, I love to do, obviously, and I'm going to speak directly to you. But um, it's something that I talked to Sean about um, earlier this year or late last year, and I've thought about it in the past because I have friends that um, do this sort of thing. So I have a buddy, John Atkin, who um, is a part of the org and part of kind of the He-Man community, and he basically did a fan movie of star trek and they kind of built the set and they used the green screens and they kind of make their own little idea of a story you know small budget movie and it got me thinking what would i do if i had the budget to go back and take the masters of the universe movie with dolph and if i was to have ability to add scenes to the movie. So uh, make like a B storyline that happened. So you look at the new justice league, old justice league, how Zack Snyder cut, it's going to be three hours long and all this stuff is left on the cutting room floor, but it's way better than the stuff that actually <laughs> was. In the so why would we leave it on the cutting room floor? Let's dive deep into this. So I wanted to imagine with you two and your fans that we found all of these tapes and they were left on the cutting room floor and there's three extra hours of stuff and characters and storyline that they couldn't fit into the masters of the universe movie, because obviously we all know that they had financial issues and they had to wrap it to cut it short and all that stuff. So I wanted to see if you guys could think of anything that we could find on the cutting room floor that they left out of the movie that would draw fans and uh, creative people and just storytellers in to make it more fun um, to have characters that maybe not ended up in the movie, but we found this footage of them in the movie. And um, so I was wondering what you guys thought about that um, and what we could do to, uh, take that movie, which I consider a, a fine movie and a, a movie with a lot of heart and a lot of, a lot of soul, um, and a lot of fun 
um, and take that and kind of uh, push it uh, beyond the expectations of the the true fan, like the true DC comic fan that, that wants this Zack Snyder cut because they've got a black suit Batman or yeah. black suit Superman. So um, let's uh, <laughs> let's see what we can come up with to give the fans uh, what they want. And for our for our audio listeners, Matt was using uh, air quotation marks when he was doing true fan, just in case. <laughs> just in case his condescending tone didn't come across enough. I just wanted to. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I flicked off the camera. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, we released both. Um, first off, and I don't want to dive deep into this because I know Sean and I are, are planning up a, a one of our signature commentaries on the movie. But for those of you who haven't watched this movie in a while... Go back and watch it. Because once Matt got my mind spinning yesterday, that was the first thing I did when I got off work because I went home. I watched it. Hour and 45 minutes. Went by like nothing. This is a great movie. Regardless of, of what's missing from it, it is a great movie. It is fun. I feel the characters are written right. And um, just check it out. Especially, if, you know, if you got to pause us, go watch it. It'll help you even for our discussion here. Because <clears throat> I think I know I watch it. Sean watch it. Did you watch it yesterday, Matt? In my mind, <laughs> <laughs> where I'm watching it in my mind, and I'm just yeah. saying that if you actually stop and think, well, I don't want to go into your to your. Uh, I don't want to cross over to your uh, movie review, but I just even if you look at the plot of, you have to admit if you're a fan of the cartoon back in the day. The plot of it is the they literally go to a different world. Like that's like what thirty percent of the episodes yes. that Filmation did, where they <laughs> walk portal into another planet. Like so, those little points that kind of people kind of dig at and, and want it to be on eternity and this and that. He Man helped two little kids <laughs> from another from another planet figure out their situation and like. That is literally, yeah. again, half of the episodes that Filmation dealt with. So mm-hmm. I, I get why there's that big of a backlash with He's, what the movie actually was plot-wise. He saved the Earth from a giant uh, uh, satellite of garbage that was heading towards it. I mean, he's... Uh, yeah. No, I agree. It's yeah. You really watch it. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into that at a later date. But I just wanted to throw that out yeah. there real quick. <laughs> Okay, so who wants to start us off here? I got notes. Oh, here it is. I I took some notes, <laughs> some broad strokes ideas, but broad strokes ideas. I will just say the one thing that uh, sparked this in my mind was when Skeletor is his hologram is speaking to all of Eternia. Yep, I think that there could be a scene where we cut to a different angle and you have like a Ram man mechanic. And even if Stratos is included, like three other warriors that are on this other part of Eternia doing what he man was doing with, with, uh, Hila and man at arms fighting, you know, the, the, uh, soldiers. Um, but they, we cut to another spot and we just kind of showed that scene that this is another element and another angle, uh, to view this. Mm-hmm. Where 
I think we're going to be on the same page a lot yeah. this episode between the three of us. Yeah, it's definitely it's um, definitely got to take place on Eternia. That's got to be the B story. That's the part that was dropped was all the Eternia scenes, um, and that's going to loop people back in. I approached it with the mindset that I mean, like you said, this is stuff that you know either we're back in the eighties and we're shoot reshooting whatever, or it's cutting room floor. So I mean, you've got to. So, I'm going to say Orko's still out, you know, for me personally. But, yeah, you find some of the more... I think I was probably leaning towards Fisto. I think Fisto could be a really easy one to do, even back then. Um, Mechanic could work. He'd have probably one scene where he showed off his powers. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, broad, so I'm on the same page. We got we to gotta get a, a rescue. Uh, I'm thinking of, like, a rescue mission. Um, I was thinking if we take them, while while He-Man and them are, are heading towards Grayskull and doing that, um, this other group is heading towards Snake Mountain, seeing if they, either they got word that prisoners were there or whatever, trying to bolster the forces. Like, hey, if we can get to Snake Mountain, get to the dungeons, and get some help for everybody, and then, you know, and then assault Grayskull and take it back. Mm-hmm. Right, there being a reason that, uh, you know, it was kind of glossed over in the movie that, you know, sta- our Gray Skull was taken over. Um, but you could really go into, uh, you know, the reasons why it was taken over, that something, that something happened, um, and maybe half of their forces or half of the guards were, were taken prisoner. Um, so you could have, you know, a real blast and a clam champ like in the dungeons you know these guys that maybe were part of the uh the guards to gray skull um, or something or each, even if it's just common warriors that they just you know lost half of their warriors to um uh, you know uh skeletor so so who, who do we take here then let's put it to a vote here like i i think fisto's definitely a uh, an easy one to do I have Fisto on my list and Ram Man just because Ram Man has, I mean, it's kind of hard not to look at a guy dressed like Ram Man and not know that's Ram Man. You know, I mean, e- even with the tweaks they made to the costumes, if you got a built looking guy and he's got a giant helmet on his head, I mean, Ram Man, boom, right. pretty, pretty straightforward. Fisto, same thing. Yep. Um, and the, like Clamp Champ wasn't out when the movie hit. That was like that line that hit her a little Good after point. the movie hit. So I, as much as I would love to see Clamp Chimp, because I love the character, it's like, you know, I was, I was like, okay, Mechanic, Stratos. Uh, yeah. And it's like Stratos, I think you could kind of go with, but, you know, I'm thinking the flight scenes or this and that, and there's an element of that where um, I was looking at it from the budget being what it already is. And we're just trying to get this to right. work based on their their budget and Mattel basically, you know, screaming their heads off the cannon didn't kick in any more money into this movie. Right. Um, and that's why that's why I think that the third, uh, you know, if we're to follow this thought line, um, the third would be Mackinac because, you know, having a one scene where he's got to do use it, yeah. you know, do a kind of a, a goofy budget of it. But they, the one scene where they use it, but then it's it's mostly just, you know, Mechanic the warrior that's you know with these yeah two. yeah oh well, you could, you could other... do it you could do it easily too it's just like basically the audience just sees the heads up display i mean it's no different than when evil lynn uses her scanner at that point like 
you just do the yeah. shot like Mechanics looking through his goggles. You don't actually see him, you know, going up or down. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe once in the movie you see that. You might hear the sound. Right. You might yeah. hear the sound of it or something. Yeah, and like just yeah. basically just looking through binoculars as the viewer and zooming in and seeing what they're scouting. I mean, that's I like it. Yep, Fisto, Rayman, and Mechie. I think that's a good. Well, the other the other character I'd throw into the mix actually is King Randor. Because, you know, with everything that just happened, Skeletor just got – because they, they – yes, he gets into grade school, but don't, isn't there a line – and I, I should have picked up on that yesterday, but isn't there a line – like, you know, it, they, they, they got into the city. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were everywhere. So yeah. I like the idea that you would get the response from Randor, him being the king, and, and like him looking at – surveying the damage, going, who's left? You know, how, how many survivors are there? And he's worried about his people. And, you know, it's like He-Man, he was he was off in a different direction. He's doing his thing. But Randor's like, you know, the home fires are burning kind of a deal with him. And and then like um, like He-Man would probably the way I, I pictured it is He-Man would send Fisto, Ram Man and, and uh, Mechanic since we're going there to basically, you know, the go go protect the palace. You know, like Man, man at Arms, Tila and I. We're going to go do what we're doing or whatever. We're going to go check on this or that, but go check the palace. You know, we need, we need the other, other heroic warriors back there to, to number one, make sure people are safe, but also to make sure the King has protection and all that. And that, and yeah, you, that's why they're on that B plot. They're trying to get back to the palace. They're fighting through whatever minions of Skeletor are still there holding the place down or whatever. And then he, man, he man finds Gwildor. So <laughs> that's the way I took it. So I'm getting strange looks from both of you. <laughs> no, I was, I was letting you finish. I, I don't, I don't mind it at all. I like, I like, I was going to ask you since, um, you know, it's pretty well known that this uh, movie followed the line of him not being Prince Adam. Are we going with the straight that it's it's just King Randor and Queen Marlena and they're not connected to He Man as far as that goes? That's the only question that I was I was curious See, about. I, you could do either or I'm, uh, in my opinion. And I'm in the Go camp ahead, that the movie never actually it, it it never decides. It never says there's not a Prince Adam. But it also never says there is. That so I, I'm of the camp that okay. he is still Adam, and I've actually got a scene I want to do that addresses that. Um, but for me, I think the, the my big thing was, um, I I don't see them doing the palace, um, and I di- I figured that King Randor was who they were going after. That he, I mean, you'd think that'd be one of the first people that Skeletor would take prisoner. So my thought was, they're yep. they're going to rescue King Randor and, and any other heroic warriors they can find. Um, and we mm-hmm. do know it has been verified that that when Skeletor's in that communications room and it's like really that red like light motif and everything, that is Snake Mountain, and they were planning. Yeah more scenes in Snake Mountain that got cut. So, I I like your idea of seeing the palace and everything, but based on what they already did, 
with there being no indication of a third set, and I don't see them building a third set, that's why I was trying to keep the action between Grayskull, Earth, and Snake Madden, because those are the ones we know that they had planned for. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the scene, I love the idea, but as far as fitting it in, that's the only thing where, where, um, you know... No, that that works. I mean, to me, either way, I like the idea of just showing, it, like, the way the movie represents it, they just have, like, okay, in passing, there's the, oh, they breached the city, right. and then, boom, they were everywhere and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, the, there is an idea there of, okay, there's, there maybe is a royal faction to this yes. that isn't ever addressed within the movie. The kids who watch the show, and if you've read mm-hmm. the mini-comics, I mean, they had in the mini comics before we got more into the the bridging of filmation and the toy line. There was the elder looking uh, Randor yep. and Queen Marlena. They look more like grandfatherly, grandmotherly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could even say, okay, fine, put that version in. It, it doesn't bother me which version it is because he doesn't need to be two thousand X going in there with his broadsword or anything. But, but you know, there, having something. Yeah, yeah, having mm-hmm. having the fact that. Uh, that passing line of they took the city that that's not a throwaway line yeah. that's indirect like when you say well how did they take Grayskull mm-hmm. well they took the city so it seems like them taking the city had to do with the fact that they became strong enough to take Grayskull that it was in this kind of hierarchy of like we take the city we take Grayskull yeah. and now we take the world type of mm-hmm. thing and so um, if you have it be part of the reason is they took the city, they have the royal guards, they have the king and queen, let's say they're in Snake Mountain, yeah. and even if you do, okay, so you know how, have you guys ever seen either movies or TV shows or even reality TV where uh, they do, they cut from the person's face and they go to like a different camera angle? but they actually have the, the, the person say another line, but you mm-hmm. can tell that the line wasn't said during that scene, that it was added to explain something or add a rule to something right. uh, where, where you could totally have where when He-Man, when they're going to say, hey, we're going to portal into, we're going to use the cosmic key and we're going to go into Grayskull, you can have him or man-at-arms communicate with Mechanek or Fisto, whoever's in charge of that little faction, and say we're going to Grayskull you guys need to save the king Yeah, and like have the have the you guys need to save the king be the uh, the focus of that journey that we cut back and forth from yeah. uh, and so then we're on Eternia more, we have the couple scenes where, you know, whether or not we set it up where you have those three seeing Skeletor and his uh, hologram. Mm-hmm. You have that, so that kind of ties it in. You have maybe one scene. Let's say it's wooded area, easy to film. Yeah. They have to get through Be- Beast Man, or no, Beast Man's no, in the other true. part. Yep, they have. The, let, let's have one one scene happen on their journey to Stake Mountain that involves another evil warrior or something. Uh, um, Merman, maybe? Spike or... 
Spike or Spike, spike or could be done. Yeah, probably Spike or here and save Merman for Snake Mountain. Because I, I yeah, so I I, I don't spike know. Visually, Spike or would be an interesting guy. I think. Yeah, he could be, mm-hmm. and he could be done in the way that. I mean, you watch old, you know, fantasy movies like that from the '80s. Like there is. Yes, there's that element of kind of corny, but yeah. there's also the element of terrifying where like, and they, they kind of walk that line. And mm-hmm. I think that Spike Orr could be a, a, a very cool villain um, for them to have to, to battle to, you know, uh, he's on the front lines, let's say, of protecting Snake Mountain. Yeah. Um, no, that could be cool. I like that. And he'd be a good one for Fisto to go up against since he's got the metal glove. Yeah. Get, I can touch him, bam, yeah. you know, when he hits him into a tree or something. And pl- pl- yeah. plenty of the, the shock troopers, the soldiers, the, the stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. That, you know. that, that, was, that was the part that I actually forgot to focus on was, well, what villains would you want to pull in? Because I was more thinking, okay, what other heroes would have been interesting? And then I, I completely forgot the, the villain aspect. Now... Um, Real quick, I'm going to throw something unrelated out to you guys. Uh, unrelated to our B storyline, but I think it would enhance the movie a lot. Um, I, I really, and I know, Sean, we had talked before about like adding scenes to the beginning of the movie. But watching it again yesterday, I really like how that starts off. Like, you're in Grayskull, Skeletor's in the throne room, the hologram, He-Man standing there and everything, right? I, I really like how it just throws you into it, where you as the audience are going... You know, what happened? Where are we? Why is this? Why is that? And like you said, you're slowly getting it when they where they do the line about the city. They were everywhere and everything. The one thing I would add, and it's actually later in the movie, after He-Man rescues Julie uh, from the mercenaries, you know, in the in the junkyard. Uh, yep. They cut they cut away for. Uh, to, I believe, a Grayskull scene with Skeletor. And then they cut back. And it's it's He-Man with Julie, and he's saying, you know, and, and now we're, lo- basically, and now we're looking for the Cosmic Key. Can you help us, you know? Between those two scenes, do a flashback. Do a flashback back to, you know, and, and have, have, <laughs> have Adam there. Have, you know... You know, you could even put King Randor there and everything, and then just walking, talking, whatever, and then we see it. We see all of a sudden just these, it doesn't even have to be a long scene, it's just, you know, all of a sudden the shock troopers are everywhere, and, you know, have Evil Link coming in and zapping people, and, and you know, Adam telling his father to run, and Adam running away, and end the scene with Adam reaching behind his back, pulling the sword, and just saying, by the power of Grayskull. And not even do, because I still want that kind of transformation to the end. You don't even have to show the transformation. Just end the scene with Adam unsheathing that sword. And then it cuts to the, you know, and then, you know, and then He-Man wrapping up with Julie. Like, he was telling her, like, you know, filling her in. But then we actually get to see some of the backstory. And, And right there, that solidifies Adam. It doesn't change anything with the narrative up to that point that we've already seen. And it just gives you, it gives you that cool visual again, like we're going for, of just a cool all-out battle, and uh, it just it just lays mm-hmm. the framework for that. You and I must have been on the same wavelength last night. I I, I said, 
um, I said something along the lines of that where, you know, there, there isn't a moment in the movie where He-Man has a heart-to-heart with anybody. He's pretty much just, yeah. you know, he's going. He's forward momentuming through this. Part of that is just He-Man being He-Man. Part of it, I, I know, is the director being like, oh, dear God, we can't give him too many things to talk about because of the, the accent <laughs> problem that they viewed it as. But I, I was thinking something similar where it would be, you know, in that moment of him with Julie and he's he's uh, he's comforting her and everything. But then she she says something along the lines of, you know, like, why would you want to get back to a place that has these horrific beasts mm-hmm. and these creatures? Right. And, and he'd be like, he'd be like, that's not everything. Yeah. And he'd start explaining what Eternia is. And we hear through He-Man about what Eternia is to him. And, and like, I like your idea where he could tell about the flashback, but he could also talk about what it is to him. And then it it enriches what we don't have time to see on the screen because they're in the middle of a battle. But you could get the sense from He-Man that this means everything to him, that these people are safe, that he can, he, he is entrusted to be that champion for Eternia and, you know, it's not something he takes lightly. And, it, you know, the whole I would follow anyone who would do something to attorney to the ends of the universe yep. so that the, those people could be safe and free. And it gives He-Man a little more of there's an emotional side of it then instead of it just being he's on as a action hero through the entire movie. Because he has some moments of warmth with her there. Like that moment, I, I still get I, I, I just start like pumping my fist on that moment where you know like the minute she sees him and she's like there's monsters oh my god and he just goes i'll take care of it yeah it's like that moment there is his i must break you you know <laughs> it's like there, it, he says it so simply but there's just like a yeah it's on but i i like that you get the other side of it too where he'd be telling her what's going on flashback <laughs> like you're saying talking about what it means to him to get back home it's actually a beautiful place yeah the magic and the, this and that, I, I think that would have went a long way to really giving He-Man some more character yep. in the movie. I agree. Substance. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I like that. I like giving him that moment. I think that, that almost, um, it kind of, uh, not that it needs any uh, solidification, but um, solidifies uh, Lubick wanting to stay. Yes. Like, yeah. There's, because there's this, like, you know, there's this beautiful, you know, the end scene, mm-hmm. and you kind of get, like, just a little sliver of, like, how cool Eternia is. Like, as mm-hmm. soon as, like, you strip away all that evil, and they're all standing there, and the sorceress is back, and He Man's looking all shined up, yes. and everything's great. Um, but it gives us a little bit more of that taste of that Eternia that is not in Doom. Um, yeah. And so, because they do a good job of that. I mean, just kind of the tone and the, the coloring yes. and everything about the world. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like that scene. That, that'd be cool. Well, the other thing with that real quick, while well, it's in my head, is we have Julie running away from her problems. Right. So here's the idea of here is this muscle-bound blonde dude with a giant-ass sword coming in and fighting these things, and he's not running from his problems. He's facing them head-on, and he's trying to fix these things. 
And it, depending how you want the end to go, whether she gets to go back in time and yeah. her, you know, save her parents, or if she just stays. And it's the idea of I gotta, because one of the things too is, you know, in in a Superman movie or even in in Batman Begins, there's that little kid who keeps seeing Batman doing these heroic things and going, I knew he was gonna help us, and he doesn't see him as a nightmare; he sees him as a genuine. He's here to help. And I like the idea that He-Man would be able to do an influence on somebody to go, you have to fight the good fight. Right. This is why I, I am who I am, and this is why the people rely on me. And it could influence Julie to not run away from her problems and maybe address them somehow, either through action or just by staying instead of running away and leaving Kevin there. Well, that's exactly know? what it is. No, she's got, she's got to go back because for that reason, mm -hmm. that's, the whole, that's her growth over the movie. Is mm -hmm. is she's realizing? No, I can't just pack up and leave. The problems are still there, no matter what. I mean, and yeah. that's that's a real good discussion for when we do the commentary. Let me tell you what, because there is that whole. There you thing. go. I mean, there's so many <laughs> themes underlying this movie. No one, a lot of people don't give it the chance it deserves. But um, mm -hmm. but no, I, I I love it seeing that slice of Eternia, seeing seeing what they're fighting for. Um, I, yeah. like Matt said, I really love how you watch that movie. They are consistently, and you notice it throughout, they're getting dirtier and dirtier. You know, they're not, I like that they didn't refresh him at any point. Like if He-Man get, gets a, a, a dirt mark, a scar, whatever, he gets beat up in battle. Like he's carrying it then throughout the rest of the movie yep. until the very right. end. And that, that was really well done. I picked up on that a lot watching it yesterday. It's like, no, they really, I mean, you can tell that these these three warriors are getting run down, you know, man arms is mm -hmm. using up the grenades he has and everything. Like you're, you're really feeling that they're nearing the end of their resources. Like we're giving it everything and we're still not yeah. getting there. And so now when you're cutting in these scenes of flashing back to Eternia and seeing the little victories that our trio of warriors are getting, you know, it's, it, it adds that ticking clock where we're going Hang on, guys. Like, they're almost a snake mountain. They beat Spike Gore. You know, us as the audience are going, like, we just need a little more time. You know, so... Mm -hmm. um, right. And it doesn't need to be a lot. I think, I think, me personally, if you guys agree, I think, like you said, we see them in the beginning. We check back in on them, you know, and they, they tussle with Spike Gore and his group. And then I, I think the next time we check in, they're at the perimeter of Snake Mountain. And, and they're doing their, their break-in. You know, this is probably where we see yep. Mechanix, you know, neck working, and, you know, yeah, as they're yeah. heading in. And Rayman's big, big thing is taking down a wall or something, you know, to get them in there. So. Well, it, that would be the whole, you know, oh, they're all over the perimeter. How are we going to get in there? Let me handle that. Mm -hmm. Then you just have him busting through one of the sides of Snake Mountain. Yep. The alarms go off. It's just to be like. Really? Yeah. You Because know, right. Man-at-Arms and He-Man have that back and forth a lot in the movies yes. between them. And I love that. You know, how, how are you feeling? Kind of hungry. You know, it's like they don't have to be serious the entire time. No. But, but I like the idea of Ram-Man bust through a wall and Fister would be like, really? You know, like out of all the times, this is when you think your moment is or whatever. And you just have – and then and then it's like, oh, crap. Now we got to get in and get out as fast as we can yeah. because it's our lives on the line or else, you know – the king's dead, possibly, or whatever, which I think that would add. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you don't need Gwildor for the comedic moments. You could have a little fun moment like that. Yeah, the camaraderie. Work. Yeah, exactly. 
and with that camaraderie and just like the 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 things that they did well with the movie i, I mean i even remember you know the moment where uh tila asking what are these little sticks yeah yeah exactly <laughs> why, why did they put, put the food on sticks i was just like that's a bow oh, like yeah. like yeah it's like little things like that that I think that could be accomplished with the trio of heroes fighting in um, into Snake Mountain, where you know it doesn't have to be even a huge battle no. to the point of you thinking about it. Like Beastman, Evelyn, and uh, uh, Skeletor are not there, so I'm just saying, like if we're dealing with minions and throw in some Triclops and some uh, Merman yeah. or Trapjaw. Mm-hmm. I see them giving uh, like as soon as those, like the the fact that I'm thinking that they captured the king and all of these people with Skeletor's with most of his forces, but now Skeletor's forces are depleted and and kind of scattered a little bit. So now, if as long as Ram Man breaks down that wall and we open up the prisons prisoners, yeah. there's no way that those two or three guys, whoever we would decide, could handle them not being overthrown because right. you know the main the main guys that are their leaders and and the ones that do the the real work are are gone mm-hmm. um i think that that could be a, a cool scene um and i don't know if there needs to be something i'm thinking when you know uh it could be pretty cool whether or not like time wise when he man pulls the sword and says i have the power and that just goes boom you know in and, and that moment what would Snake Mountain look like at that? Like they're in the middle of a battle and mm-hmm. like they're they're winning and the bad guys are losing and then they like look off in the distance and we see like whether it's lightning or whether like but their perspective of He Man getting the sword back because they've obviously they heard well He Man gave up the sword, like now we're gonna be cocky here, now we've got the king, we've got the sword, blah 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 blah. Now they're in this battle. You can't win, Ram Man. You guys, we have the sword, all this other stuff. And then they look off in the distance as in the middle of the fight, and you see him transform, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that point of view would be really, really yes. cool. And just kind of turn the tides, like give them that extra umph that they need um, to, to, to win and to, to get out. Well, that, mm-hmm. that ties in perfectly to one of my thoughts. And this is exactly where I put the battle in my mind, too. Like, we're jumping between... Basically, from when He-Man surrenders to Skeletor is when they arrive at Snake Mountain. Like, that's how close... Like I said, that's how close this is. This is, come on, He-Man, just hold on a little longer. Now, my thought was, while they're in Snake Mountain, they realize that there is a portal open. And Skeletor, I mean, because we see it, Skeletor's jumping back and forth. He's in the control room, and then he's in Grayskull. You know, all these shock troopers are coming out of everywhere. What if while they're rescuing them, they see the portal, you know, and so then their their mind turns to, well, if we can shut that down, we can stop Skeletor getting reinforcements, you know. And, mm-hmm. and that could even be why why the Snake Man is depleted, because... You know, Trapjaw just sent a whole group of them so that Skeletor could go to Earth. He sent all the Air Centurions to Skeletor. Like, Skeletor keeps demanding all these troops from Snake Mountain, and that's leaving them depleted. And so, so then as He-Man's struggling and breaking free, and Man-at-Arms and Lubick and everyone are showing up, you're seeing our trio of 
warriors against a trio of villains trying to get this control panel to shut down this portal and, and effectively cut Skeletor off, you know, magically flame right. him. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I love, I didn't, I didn't know what the catalyst would be, but as He-Man does that, I have the power. If that distracts the villains long enough for Bisto to just smash, you know, whatever, whatever controllers open or whatever, basically shut down the portal. And then that ties right into Evil Lynn and Karg going, you know, we need to sound the retreat. Like, and that's why they yeah. did it. They realize no more help's right. coming. He-Man's back to full power. You know, and Evil and Smart have to go, help, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, cause I, watching it yesterday, and even, even times before that, like, I noticed that's a pretty easy, like, she just goes sound the retreat. And that's the end of it, when all hell's breaking yeah. loose in the, in the throne room. And it's like, really like you still have them outnumbered a decent amount so if there's something going on outside of our view like we're talking about that that makes it make way more sense so that would be a good connecting even even her looking down at a device or something that's like that's basically like power's lost like uh, there's no there's the portal's not open anymore we can't get any more troops Mm -hmm. thing she down and she's like Nope, because Evelyn is that is that brain where she's thinking about it in the in the you know uh, spectrum of a game of chess where she would look down at that she'd be like sound the alarm we're done we're like we had we had it and now this happened and now we I know we're not going to have it so we're going to be done and so even if you go a little bit earlier in the movie if whether or not it's during the fight of uh, Spike Orr and the and the good guys. But even if you flash and we get a little bit of a King Randor scene with the with the uh, with the merman and and Triclops, where Triclops is literally like, we keep sending these troops, yeah. like just like even if it's a little quick, like we keep we keep sending, like they keep looking around and there's less and less people in Safe Mountain, and like they look, they're looking in the uh, prison and they're looking at each other, like mm-hmm. what are we? What are we gonna do? Like we can't. We're we're up a creek type of thing. Exactly. That that could be an easy one offline. Even you know, like mm-hmm. the, he could be like Triclops could be on a communication with Evelyn and going, "How many do we have left? You know, like we don't hardly have anybody right. here. Like it, it's me and it's me and Merman minding the shop here. Yeah. But, you know, and, and and just giving that vibe to it. So then when you when you have the big throne room sequence, Evelyn already knows we're tapped out. Right. Like, this is it, and it's because Skeletor keeps on wanting this, you know? And he's not worrying about their numbers. He's worrying about, I I need him destroyed, I need him conquered, and all that. And he's just, whatever way possible. Oh, especially especially after Skeletor holds the sword. Skeletor, in his mind, is going game over. Game over. I win, you know? And and he's not thinking, whereas, yeah, like you said, Evil Lynn, she's always thinking. Because... Even if Skeletor ends this with He-Man dead and, you know, Skeletor controls Grayskull, that's not the end of the game for Evelyn. Evelyn won't be happy until she's on that throne. So she's already yep. three steps ahead going, okay, now once Skel- once I help Skeletor do this, how do I get rid of Skeletor and, well, you know... The the moment when he ascends yes. and he, he turns into God Skeletor, I love 
the cutaways because you have He-Man looking blinded and he's covering his eyes because it's so bright. You have Karg doing the same thing. But who's the one that looks at that and doesn't even blink? It's Evil Lynn yeah. the entire time. Exactly. And you it, like the, the look on her face when she sees that, I always feel, is more she's calculating how am I going to get rid of him now? Or something yeah, along right. those lines. So yeah, that works perfect. Yeah, she's looking for his weaknesses already. So, yep. <laughs> and then basically, for me, the only last thing you need is during that end ceremony, you just need to add another cut in there where it shows another side, and there's your trio and the king and queen. You know, like right. Mm-hmm. You don't even need them well, joining. They're they're in Grayskull, so they're not in the palace. Right. So if you cut to the other side of the room and not that they're commoners by any mean, but, but you have that trio and the King and some of the other warriors that were part of this plot. Like they wouldn't, he he wouldn't be sitting on the throne in Grey's Gall. Like that's, that's her throne. Like, so he could be just off to the side. And you don't, you don't need that reconnection. You don't even need them to talk to, because at that moment, it's all about the, 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 we did it, you know, we, the, the, the ceremony that, you know, they'll have time to catch up later. They'll have time to reminisce, you know, he's still He-Man. He hasn't turned back into Adam. So he's not going to, you know, he's not going to reconnect with his father yet. You know, that, that happened, Mm -hmm. you know, that happens off screen and that's all you need. You know, you need, you need them smashing the portal, getting out of Snake Mountain, and then at the end, they're, they're celebrating. And credits roll just like it always did, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really but like it, that. It adds it adds a lot more dimension. I, I, honestly, re-watching it, I never felt it, it lacked dimension. Yes, there's the complaint right. of it's not a, it, you're not on attorney as much. So all that you're doing is fleshing out that complaint. You're, you're, or you're addressing that complaint by going, okay, here's three warriors. They're on this mission. They have to rescue King Randor after the siege happened. Yep. Right. Good to go, you know, and, and I like that you get like, okay, let's put Triclops, let's put Spike or get some, you know, like, cause I always view Triclops as being a little smarter. So it's like Spike yeah. would be the muscle. Triclops would be the centurion look, watching over the, the jail. Yes. So he's got the three different eye deal and all that. I, it works. It, it's it's just you know they didn't have the budget. <laughs> yeah, and and again, I wouldn't say that uh, it's a movie that needs to be fixed. I just think that it's fun to 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 imagine that that there's these cutting room floor scenes where you know because of the budget, and that's why I mean obviously in uh, you know in the back of my mind the way that I think and I always think on a grand scale. I'm like Kickstarter. Let's raise a million bucks and we will film every single one of these scenes because yeah. I think that it's doable. I really do. I think that it's doable and yes. I think that the costumes could be easily done. And um, I'm again, done in the sense of if they were done in the 80s, That's like the so we're not messing with CGI and tech mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. We're doing a little bit of green screen work and we're doing a lot of practical magic stuff, yeah. um, a lot of practical film magic. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think it, I mean, again, you take that, like you were saying that centurion, uh, warrior and you t- like, let's use that costume as a base for triclops right. and just a different headset on him and a little bit of a different look and maybe some green color right. scheme to it. But overall, like you have that foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did Sorad. I mean, how, how much different is Merman than Sorad? 
I mean, it, right. I mean, obviously they look different, but it's the same idea. It's it's a scaly skin. I mean, and Sora looks amazing mm-hmm. in the movie. It holds up to this day. Last yep. night I was going. Those are that's an amazing costume. My, my daughter yesterday, she she loves him visually. Yeah. She was like, "How did they do that? Where his neck does?" And I, I was explaining yeah. it to her, and it's like, out of all of those warriors, he's the one that is the most interesting visually. And they kill him. Yeah. But I understood why they killed him for once. Yeah. Because he is the only one out of that group. I mean, Beast Man being who he is, and you know, he's the muscle. Yeah. But uh, he's the only one that wouldn't be able to talk later on because Blade and Karg are at least in touch with Evelyn constantly through what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then Beast Man, like I said, muscle. Yeah. He's just there. So it's like Sarod's, Sarod really had a lesser of those roles. But visually, he's still... Yeah, he was definitely, obviously, the sacrifice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that's remastered. Yeah. I think so, too. All righty. Random question, though, while we're in this movie, and you guys might have discussed this before, but I am definitely uh, in the camp of, like we talked about earlier, taking different versions and different canons and different uh, series and kind uh, kind of molding them together. So... I know that there's so for instance there's the um there's these I forget what they're called in new adventures um the scientists I believe yeah. these like uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you imagine if you imagine though is it easier to di- digest if you imagine them being related race wise to Gwildor is do you appreciate a character as goofy as songster if you actually make that character Kevin, like that's actually Kevin. I've seen that fan he, theory. Um, you, like so stuff, so stuff like that. That just like within the movies and the cartoons and the comics, where you can kind of weave, uh, uh, weave them together in kind of a cool, creative way. For me personally, uh, Kevin becoming Songster, I love that theory. I think it ties in perfectly, and it gives him him a bigger purpose. And it gives him his path, because that's kind of... He's kind of the most nebulous of the past. Like, Julie, she's learning that you can't run away from everything, you know. And Kevin's kind of... He's kind of got that coming into your abilities thing. I think having him be songster really amps that up. Um, the scientists are still god-awful. No, no, no. <laughs> there, There is nothing you can do. I'm trying to add some salt yeah. and, and, and work on feel for, for Matt, and he's just like, send it back to the kitchen. The, no, the scientist, I, there's no saving them. That, that short one, absolutely, you could <laughs> redesign him to be Gwildor, but, or like of Gwildor's race, a Fenurian, but he still, they still need complete rewrites. Like, those, those guys, you've got to, and I don't mind the idea of the scientists, but they were just so poorly done in the show, you got to start from scratch. And maybe that's how you rebuild them. <laughs> maybe you make them that race, Complete rewrite, complete personality change, absolutely. But uh, just kind of tying them into that race, no, that's not enough. Sean, 
I haven't seen enough new adventures to know the scientists as well as Matt, so I'm not going to even... But the the one thing that I kept laughing about is thinking if Gwildor was one of those guys, he'd be telling them off a lot, and he'd be the reason that would make me excited that they would show up, because he would be bad mouth. Because he does it in the movie. He's like bad-mouthing, you're a bunch of costumes, and all yeah. that stuff, you know? And I get to see him being the one that he has the good ideas but the others won't get on board and he'll be the one cussing them out, you know, in his attorney in way and he'd still get the job done, you know? And, and so that would amuse me because I I'll say it now, like Gwildor, um, when I was a kid, I accepted him yes. fully. I never once looked at this and said, I, I, I had like the vibe of, okay, he's a smaller character. So he's probably their stand-in for an Orko-like character. But I, he never once made me miss Orko. I never even thought of that until I read it online. I never, for one minute, watching this thought, oh, he's Orko replacement. Never. He was yeah. too much of his own character. Exactly. And, and, and Masters, to me, is a rich enough uh, mythology that there could be this. Yeah. He, he, it's it's like the Star Wars toy line from the from the seventies and eighties. They always had those vehicles that if you turn the camera just to the left or to the right, this thing you'd also see. And it's like that's what Gildor is to me. He's this he's a character that just if you turn the camera a little bit to the left or right in a filmation episode, he might actually be yes. there. You just don't right. know, you know. Right. And, and and that's what makes that great to me is the movie introduced some elements that we never had until the movie existed. So, And I I loved them when I was a kid. I, I embraced all that. So Saurad, Karg, uh, Blade, it's like, yeah, that's, cool. That's how, yeah, that's how my mind worked and how, you know, Blade just seemed to have it out for He-Man. Oh, yes. And I've, I've got it on my iPad here. Like, I've drawn Blade 20 years prior. Like, I've drawn mm-hmm. An Eternian soldier like that file. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like those types of storylines. So um that actor just kicked it out of nailed nailed it as far as you know, it was believable. His hatred for He Man and his his wanting to uh best He Man in sword fight, yes. like it was wonderfully done well that that was like when when that moment hit us you know i've waited a long time for the in that when i was a kid i was in my head watching that sword fight i'm like ooh, they've done this before and then in my head i'm thinking of all the times before that they've had this rivalry or whatever anthony delanges he just he nailed that character and talking to him or reading interviews with him it's because he had this whole backstory in his mind he you know Mm -hmm. he man took his eye and uh, they have this history. Go back and watch that rooftop scene. When Blade gets the Sword of Power, the look on his face is just yeah, yeah. a mixture of, of, I bested you, I'm holding this blood. Like, he, you can tell he's living that character. Oh, my God. And Yeah, I never, I never questioned for a second. Oh, why? You know, I didn't sit there and go, why are there three new evil warriors? There's been... Three to four new evil warriors thrown at us every year from 1982 on. You know exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah. Yep. Uh, what about you? Do you do you subscribe to the Kevin is songster and uh, Gwildor scientists, or are you just riling me up? Me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, uh, the the Kevin is songster for sure. Like it just it if it, they're both. Uh, uh, ideas that are 
small enough that if you put them together, they it, it adds uh, again creativity yeah. and, and kind of this cool uh, element of it. Um, no, the the scientist and Grildor thing, I did, was it's more of a ingest in, in <laughs> passing because uh, he uh, I've just seen clips of those scientists, but I've also seen clips in random He-Man episodes in Filmation where he's dealing with uh, you know these little people um, that are very outside of the wrinkles um very gwildor-esque yeah. so you could tell that when they designed gwildor they were looking at that type of stuff so again like sean said move the camera a little bit this way or that way Absolutely. um that's why i that, and and i'm with you with i didn't um i understand it like now as an adult and even as i got older but but as a kid i was just like wait a minute why is orko look like that like i never no. thought that like i was mm-hmm. again again because i was watching those filmation episodes and he-Man and Ram-Man are helping a little blind kid, like, yeah. get home type of thing is one episode. So then for me to sit down in the movie as a little kid, and I'm like, oh, He-Man's helping this boy and girl, and this boy likes to mm-hmm. play the piano, and, and they're going off to do this. Like, all of that stuff was, again, logically looking at it, it was very Motu. It was very yes. uh, uh, Master Universe World stuff. So I wasn't, I'm definitely not in the camp of, uh, would I would have I wanted more Eternia? Sure, Absolutely. but do I, do I? But yeah, and that's why we added this uh, these this beeline. But overall, I think that the movie the movie had so much heart, and I think that that's one thing that I've seen uh, interviews with Dolph, and I think that there are there are a handful of movies that are made where they intentionally or unintentionally wink at the mm-hmm. audience and. I think that this has that kind of heart. I think that Mystery Men has that kind of heart. I think that Princess Bride has that kind of heart. Mm-hmm. I think that there are movies that are able to do that, and I think that Masters is one of them. And when he, uh, I forget the exact phrase, but when He-Man turns after Skeletor is defeated, and he's just taking those deep yes. breaths, and he's looking over, over his shoulder at yeah. and he cracks that smile, I'm just so fulfilled with that. And again, obviously it was a different time, but now we look at it like Chris Hemp. They're like, no, Chris Hemsworth, you have an accent. Like Thor's a God, like do it. Like, don't try to do a fake American accent, like be yourself. Like, so part of like wishes, like if you look back at it, like, no, like I never had a problem with his accent in the movie. Like it blows my mind when you read stories about that and, and him getting to, to redo lines and stuff like that. Like, I wonder if they would have just like let it be and let it be this kind of husky, like English sound, yeah. like English uh, uh, language, but with his accent there, I wonder what it would have uh, came out to be if they would have just been yeah. like, yeah, he's he man. He transforms. Like he's from eternity. Right. They speak differently. He speaks differently. Like, let it be. Um, so yeah, when he turns and he smiles and yeah. he nods and he's just breathing deep, I'm just like, this is that's he man. That's that's exactly. me. And, oh, and there are there are those people that are like, I wish it was Arnold and I wish it was oh, this no. or that. Like, n- like Dolph's he man. Like it yeah. is. I completely agree. We might have to have uh, Matt back on when we do our commentary. He, <laughs> we, well, he he loves this movie more than most people I've ever heard of in the fandom at this point. I mean, I I've always loved it since I was a kid. Me too. I, I it, along the way, I had a couple of like, 
well, it would have been cool if. And now I look at it for what it is. It's like, no, it's it's cool. And there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about nobody, it. Nobody, none of those actors are phoning it it in either. James Tolkien as Lubick, he has given it his all. Oh, that is a masterpiece. He's so good. Uh, John Cipher, like I told Sean, he kind of rubbed I'm, me the wrong way as Man at Arms when I first. Or he just didn't feel very Man at Arms. But the more I've watched and grown older, the more I'm like, okay, no, he is man at arms. It's just kind of a different spin on it. But like you said, that scene where Dolph's taking the deep breaths and he's just like so relieved to have beaten Skeletor, and then you switch to man at arms and, hey, man, we did it! We did it! Victory! Yeah! Like they are, yeah. they are all in. No one phoned yeah. them. Yes. Tell in all of those in all of those battle scenes with um, man at arms. Like, there's a reason why, not that he's not taking it seriously, but, like, yeah. you can tell this dude has been in battles. Like, he, yes. like it's just another day at the office to him. Well, well, they have that line where he's like, right, we'll just beam into Grayskull, fight off two or three thousand Skeletor's crack troops, and we'll get the Sorceress out of the portal. And Zahima just goes, right. right. And I love that he doesn't for one minute flinch. Yeah. It's just kind of like, okay, let's do it. You know, it's like, it's yeah. Saturday. Yeah. What else do we yeah. got going on? And and yeah. and uh, like the man, it, he is, and and I'm sure I'm going to get flagged for that. He's my favorite version of Man in Arms now. Honestly, the, the reason that. I want to say that is he reminds me of my father. And I took my my dad actually. That was one of the few movies that my mom and I got him to go to the theater to see because I was so excited to see this movie. So I'm yeah. sitting right next to my father, who was a World War II vet. And he, he he was almost in Korea. He actually has been in these situations. And he actually liked Man at Arms because of that way about him. And my dad had that way about him, too. So it's like when I watch that, I feel like my dad's still in the room because my dad passed away like 10 years, 11 years ago now. Yeah. And it, there is that feeling of like Man at Arms is my dad then, you know, and and, and, and his he had that twinkle in his eyes yes. it, it, throughout the movie, too, like dealing with Tila dealing with He-Man, but he, he could be serious, but at the same time, you know, like, even with when Julie gets hurt, yeah. you know, he has that way, like, he shuts Teela down, because he doesn't want Kevin to lose his mind, knowing right. Teela's getting poisoned. It, it, only our sorcerers can do right. this, you know? Keep and, and I love... Keep, keep well, moving well, forward. When you said that, like, uh, man, when he, when Skeletor threatens sorceress, and he's just like, he he snaps, he's like, you threatened the life? Exactly. Yes. So, so good and so even dealing with the fact that like tila is his daughter mm -hmm. like it's very very well done where you don't feel like it's too uh you know this is my kid yeah she's but she's a warrior like the the relationship there like if you actually break that down too is very very well done um in just in the sense of like this is my, this is a fellow soldier with me. Like we're going to battle. Like it is my kid, but like, it's not, he's yes. not coddling her by any means. Yeah. Um, yeah well, he's, yeah. He, he almost shot her. I was going to say, he's, he's the <laughs> one who would have dropped Tila off in the middle of the forest and been like, I'm waiting at the perimeter, find your way to me and we'll have dinner. You know, he's. <laughs> and then he'll be there at the table and he's eating the dinner. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. You left me there to die. You didn't die, did you? I, Here, I knew you'd make it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I know. Oh. I know, Matt. You got to get going. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I. This is always fun, and yeah. I appreciate you guys. And, and I know that uh, 
you guys have a, a riot doing this and, oh. and I wish I could do it more. I appreciate you guys having me on. And, and I, I don't know if Sean already uh, talked to you about it or if your fans know, but I will be back soon because we have a lot of um, cool stuff in store and I didn't want to uh, mess up this episode of uh, remastering the movie. Yes. Um, so I have some ideas for Mars stuff to share with you guys yes. soon. So we will anytime come on back. Yeah, any t- anytime we're going to do an ideas from Mars special. Uh, and uh, anytime you guys, you want to pop on, just shoot me a message. Uh, it's always a pleasure no. chatting with you. Um, go ahead. And I, I will talk to my wife's agent as well. Oh, thank um, you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Say, ask her if she'll slum it for an hour. Get, at least get, with get, us. <laughs> get a request list. What color Skittles we need to do all that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, my God, Matt, uh, throw out some plugs. Where they can, where can they find your stuff? Um, most of my stuff can be found on Ideas from Mars. If you Google search Ideas from Mars, I have a website. Um, I also have a website for Defenders of Eden um, where you can buy shirts. Um, and also uh, I'll link to my Ideas from Mars uh, tea public where, where we're trying to, again, it's not a, a huge amount of money, but it helps raise funds, uh, you know, paying artists for comic books. Um, different things like that, but also on Facebook, Ideas from Mars, Defenders of Eden, and Disciple Six. Um, we have uh, a lot of stuff going on right now. This has been a great start to the year creatively, and um, uh, uh, yeah, Defenders of Eden issue three is going to be dropping soon. Um, that I can at least tell you guys. And then also, um, we've got some cool. Um, uh, not very many people know yet. So you people that listen to this will be the first probably to know. Um, uh, we have some cool toy stuff coming uh, down the line. Quick here. Nice. Yeah. Toys. Yeah. I love toys. And yeah. Wait. Um, Sean, you got anything you want to plug before we wrap up? I'm not nearly that creative. So no. Okay. <laughs> Matt gets all the spotlight this episode. Yeah. No, I've no, got, I'm good. I've got an awesome, uh, uh moss man picture in my office and um i appreciate that and then we all we all and the guys that listen to this know how creative you oh, are absolutely. um uh, don't don't uh cut yourself short there right. so. <laughs> i just wish i was more prolific but yeah I'm the ones, anyway yeah i thank you for that plug i appreciate i'm it. the one slumming it with both of you i just click buttons on a computer so um, now wait you mean that we slum it with you right yeah <laughs> with what you just say you're like you slum it with me <laughs> so i'm gonna throw it out there uh go check out rodriguez's stuff it's all amazing work can't wait to see what's coming down the pipeline Definitely. uh do us a favor click that like share subscribe ring that bell we go live we give stuff away it's a good time check us out on facebook Instagram, all those links are down below. Um, if you got an extra buck to spare a month or so, uh, head over to our Patreon. Uh, links down below, patreon.com forward slash Hudson's of Grayskull Podcast. Uh, you can get some cool stuff, some cool prize opportunities, uh, and some uh, exclusive info that's not available to everybody uh, just for supporting us a little bit each month. Help us with some costs of running it and hopefully some upgrades to keep bringing you guys uh, more high-quality content that you deserve. Um, from all of us here at Legends of Grayskull, I want to say thank you, and until next time. Ah, and there's Cyclops saying, see you next time. <laughs> until next time. See you guys. Oh, come on.
Oh!